last week we discussed stewardship. Remember that? Financial what? Stewardship. And we try to establish the fact that you don't have anything in this world other than what God gave to you. Remember that. In other words, you can't say you've made money and you made it by yourself. It's God that gave you the power to do what? To get wet. And what God expects is, because He is the source, you should acknowledge Him. If need be, you can say stewardship part two, whatever. But basically, I just want to show you two major keys this day or this morning by which God can bless you. When you say, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me, there is nothing wrong when you say, God bless me. But there are some things God wants to see to bless. Is that alright? Yeah, there are some things God wants to see to bless. I'm going to just show you two things God will like to see in your life for Him to bless. He can't just say, bless me. He wants, you, you have some time to be specific. For instance, Anna prayed and said, I need a child. She was very specific. It wasn't just say, I need a child. She said, I need a male child. She was very specific. So when he said, God bless me, what do you want God to do? You should be sometimes specific. But I want to show you two things that you certainly can get yourself involved in and God's blessing will come. Those are some of the things God is looking for to be able to bless you. And when those things are there, you may not necessarily go about praying, God bless me. It is his responsibility to bless you because the two things are in place. Is that okay? Hey, are you there with me? Alright. Okay, but first of all, to build up on the aspect of what we had last week, which has to do with um, financial stewardship, and then the source of your resources in life, or like read two scriptures to uh, establish this fact by looking at two characters in the Bible, and then you see the disposition of these two people towards God and in your heart when it comes to money. So let's first of all look at the book of Luke, and I'm looking from, I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. The book of Luke chapter number 12, I'm reading 16 to 21. The book of Luke chapter 12, Amplified Translation. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, Then he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man was fertile and yielded plentifully. And he considered and debated within himself. What shall I do? This guy has so much money now. I have no place in which to gather together my harvest. And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my storehouse. I want you to know the word storehouse. And build a larger ones. And there I will store all my grain or produce and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many good things laid up. Enough for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself merrily. Hallelujah. But God said unto him, Now, I have always emphasized this. God knows the thoughts of your heart. And God will respond to the thoughts of your heart. Is that okay? Your prayer is as effective as your thoughts. And your thought is as effective as your prayers. Okay. God said to him, You fool! This very night, they, the messengers of God, will demand your soul of you. And all the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? 
So it is with the one who continues to lay up a hard. I want you to know the word hard. Hard possession for himself. And it's not rich in his relation to God. This is how he fares. Now, I want you to know the word hard. And I want you to know the word rich. Which is in his relation to who? To God. You might be rich, but you are not rich towards God. Amen? Are you listening to me? Now, one of the facts is, why you could be rich and not rich towards God is, you do not consider that it is God that gives us the power to get words. And when you don't put that in consideration, the next thing that you're going to get as a pay from God, is like a paycheck. It's a question. Those are your possessions. Whose will they be? Hallelujah. So, when Deuteronomy said, Deuteronomy 18, I mean, uh, verse 8, and it says, it is God that gives us the power. Remember what he said? Remember, it is God that gives us the power to do what? To get where. Don't you forget that fact. This man will not forget that. I mean, forgot the fact that it is God that made him rich. Now, if you check the word hard, that, that tells you something again. This man is literally a miser. Is that okay? He's a miser. He's a rich guy. He's a miserable guy. If you want to check that. Somebody who is possessive. Somebody who will not allow even what God gives to him to go out. He's a miser. Listen to me. Don't you ever. We have always said that here. And it is true. Poverty is relative. You could be rich and still be poor. Based on the way you think. Is that okay? So sometimes you say, well, I can't do anything because I'm poor. That's not true. You may be rich more than other people. Praise the living God. I remember somebody walking to me in the office last week who was kind of having some problem. Uh, the person was giving a kind of quick notice. But while the person was to leave the office, the person looked out and saw this building up there. And he said, people are staying here? I said, yes. Pastor, wow. I say, yeah, that tells you that even though you have a witness, you are richer than some people. Amen? Because you will not want to live in this kind of place. That means you can afford something better. That means you are richer. So you find that richness is relative. To every degree, you are a rich man. Because there is somebody lower on the ladder than you are. Are you sitting there with me? That means at any point in time in your life, you can still assist somebody. So don't you ever think that only people can assist you. You still have somebody to assist in the society. Because the Bible said the poor will always be among you. Amen? Are you still there with me? So this person is self-possessive. He doesn't want to make any distribution. He's not rich towards God. He's rich towards himself. He's just rich in terms of material possession. God, you know, intending us to be just materially possessed in that sense. In other words, to me, the possession of this man has possessed him instead of him possessing the possessions. Did you get that? The money that he has is controlling him instead of him being the one controlling the money. But the greatest problem is he excluded God entirely from his source and his life. 
Praise the living God. That's the first character. And I believe that that is not your portion. Because it is God that gives you the power to do what? To get wet. Therefore, you must acknowledge him who gave you power to get wet. Now, let's look at another character. Let's get down to the book of Genesis chapter 14. Like I said, two characters. Genesis chapter 14. I'm looking at it from verse 21. Praise the Lord. Amen. And the Bible says, And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the, pos- the goods to thyself. You know this, after Abraham rescued Lord, lords and all of those people. And Abraham said unto the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from, take from a thread even to a latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest that you say, I have made Abraham rich. I want you to know that. Save only that which the young men have taken of eating, and the portion of the man which went with me. And I ask all a memory, let them take their what? Their portion. Now I want you to know that. Lest you say, I have made Abraham rich. What does that mean? Now, Abraham is simply saying, God gave me possession, not man. Amen? So, in the first thing, he's acknowledging his source of words. And what is supposed to be source of words? God. So, here we have two characters. The first one will not acknowledge God. And the second one, acknowledge God. You can see the disposition of your heart towards money and towards God. They had where they had money. Both of them were rich people. But one of them is not acknowledging God. The other man is not acknowledging God. Now let's see the response after the man who acknowledged God to be the source of his words. If you look at that passage very closely, you find that Abraham paid tithes unto Melchizedek. Is that okay? Raise the living God. So what did he do? He blessed God with his resources because he acknowledged God that he is of his words. He has to do that through the ministry of who? Of Melchizedek. Now there is something I'm going to show you about this which you will probably understand maybe next week a little bit deeper I will go into it. Hallelujah. So now he blessed God through the ministry of Melchizedek. In tithing and in turn God bless him. Now, what did God bless him with? He gave him bread and wine. What does that really mean? He speaks of the new order. He gave him a new order. He gave him the life of grace. The bread and wine. The same thing that Jesus gave to the disciples. When he broke bread. Are you following what I'm talking about? Good. He gave them the new order. Now, that's going to make you see. By next week when we discuss this. So that you can understand that titan is not on the law. Titan is under grace. Because Abraham never lived on the law. Is that okay? Hey, are you there with me? Good. Abraham never lived on the law. Abraham lived on the grace. It was Moses that gave the law in Mount Sinai. We're going to find that properly next week. So, what Abraham did was grace given called Titan. It was grace given called Titan. Hallelujah. And when that was done, the grace order was revealed to him or manifested to him. Praise the living God. 
Now when God blessed him, in return, he gave. Not that. But the key thing is, he acknowledged. Now let's look at the scripture where this is properly written. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3, and I look at... Um, I will look at it from the Living Bible. I'm going to look at it from 9 and 10. And you see exactly what Abraham did. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. And he will fill your bands with wheat and barley and overflow your wine vats with the finest wines. Praise the living God. Now, what Abraham did, as a living Bible, which are you living? Okay. All right. What Abraham did was actually honoring God. I said, the living Bible, TLB. Amen? Was actually honoring God with his substance. Hallelujah. Because he acknowledged the source. In other words, when you don't do what you are supposed to do, you are indirectly saying, God is not your source. Alright, so I want you to know that Abraham had to honor God with the first word of his increase, if you will. Because these are the things he got. Normally when kings go to war, everything they get back from the war is their possession. Is that okay? So it's like an increase from the field. So here it is that he has to bless God, he has to honor God with the first fruit of his increase. Amen? Okay, now, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. When you honor God, something happens. And this is what I'm going to be discussing with you now. Because there are the two factors that I really want to make you see. In the term chapter 28. The two factors I said I want to give you to you this morning. That God blesses. Deuteronomy 28 verse number 8. The Bible says. The Lord shall command. It's not just saying it. There's a big difference between the Lord said. Or the Lord will. But the Lord shall command. The blessing. Not a blessing. But the blessing upon thee. In thy storehouse. Mark storehouse. And in all that stand for the hand unto. Mark that as well in your Bible. And it shall bless thee in the land. With the Lord that God giveth thee. These are the two factors. The first thing is. I want to start from the second one, if you will. Because the third one is more crucial thing I really want to deal with. But the two things you find from this passage is what God blesses. He's not just going to bless, God bless me, God bless me. No. He specifies what he wants to bless. Is that okay? Hey, are you there with me? He specifically mentioned what he wants to bless as you get to the land of promise. So what was the first thing he said there? He talked about storehouse. But let me start with the second one. He said, it was, what about that said it, the hand for unto do? Is that okay? What is that supposed to mean? God is not going to bless a man that had no job. Hallelujah. What God blesses is your works. What he commands the blessing on is your jobs. Amen. And that job could be your business. Anything you are doing, God said he was going to command the blessing upon it. That means you can't afford to be pro- 
prosperous. Not to be rather. You can't afford not to be prosperous. Because when God commands the blessing, He targets something in His heart. And that is your business. He didn't just say the word, when you get to the land, don't worry, I'm going to bless you. Is that what He said? No. I'm going to bless what you do. I'm going to bless what you do. Hallelujah. That shows God is not intending us like we are speaking in the morning. God wants diligent people. God wants people who are conscious of what they should do. God hates laziness. Hallelujah. Remember, even Paul said the same thing, I think, in the Thessalonians or whatever. He said, he that is stealing, let him steal no more. Let him walk so that he can be a blessing to other people. Can you see the connection? Hallelujah. Why? Because anything you are doing, that is what God will pronounce his blessing upon. In fact, he said, I will command the blessing upon that which you are doing. So don't look around the street and expect God to bless you. No. That's not scriptural. Don't, don't just get into some all night thing and then you think that miracle is going to happen overnight. Not at all. Drink all the oil in the wall. And there is nothing for God to bless. He's not going to bless you. There is nothing to bless. God said, I'm ready to bless you, but I have nothing to bless right now. Are you sitting there with me? I will command the blessing. And this is what went into the life of Abraham that he became so prosperous. The blessing. Amen. So you need to get something to do. And God is going to give you something to do. Hallelujah. You just need to sleep and God will give you ideas. Some of you, you, you're going to wake up one day, see yourself get into a business you never, never thought about. God is going to give you ideas. You are not by enemies. I like this story in the morning. You are not by enemies intended. God did not intend you that you must always work for somebody. All the days of your life. Not at all. Amen. Are you still there with me? You know, I know some 10 years past, I remember, I think in the Lord we were discussing and we were looking at this situation we find that some people, they were afraid to get into retirement. Because record hardly that those who go into retirement, they die earlier than they were supposed to die because they are never, never doing anything. They just sit and wake up in the morning. The money should be coming in terms of their retirement benefit. But because they are not engaged, their years is shortened. Their brain is not working. They are doing nothing. So we find that some people were getting afraid to go into retirement. So what are you supposed to do to curtail such fears? To set up a business before you retire. So when you retire, you retire into your own business. This time it's not sweating. You're just doing it as a hobby. That is how you project your life. That is how you plan your life. So you don't just sit and say, I know I'm going to retire, retire next year. And when you retire next year, you find that the vehicle we're driving is getting into trouble. The money that is coming in is no longer enough for you. What you must understand is this. You retire this year, two, three years time, the economy is still going up. What you're earning today cannot sustain you three, four years time. Do you see that? So even as you go into retirement, you're planning ahead. I remember in those days, those who were in the teaching field when they retired, how much they were paying them. It was not compared to even the salary that people were earning as level 7. Their retirement benefit. Meaning, the retirement then cannot sustain the man at that time. 
except they have something on ground. What some of the old principal were doing then was to build houses. Of a principal who built an upstairs, I mean a headmaster who built an upstairs, I mean that's what we're talking about in the morning, who built an upstairs in supply there. Headmaster as at that time. And when he got into retirement, he was in one of the structures, one of the flats, and he was getting rent from the other one, including the retirement that was coming. And I believe the building he put together was getting him more than the retirement benefits. Because the rent will always appreciate, but his retirement does not appreciate. Did you get that? Check the buildings that you were before. When, you, when we came to this town, two bedroom flat, how much was it? But today, every day, there's an increase. You pay your rent for one year, two years, the landlord comes and you want to increase. Landed properties continue to appreciate. We bought this premise, I can't tell you how much we bought this land. But if you dead price it today, you know what I'm talking about. The land has appreciated. So the little money you have now, if you can put it into some investment for the future, it can speak for you when you get to that point. Because one day, you will come to the place where you can no longer walk. Now God wants to bless what you are doing now. He doesn't only want to bless what you are going to be doing now. He is blessing so that you can project into the future and lay foundation, not just for your children, but also for yourself. Hallelujah. Some of you are students, you think you are going to be a student all the days of your life. Whether you like it or not. If you like, keep on repeating classes. You can't stay more than 10 years. You get to a point, the school will drive you. Get out of this place. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> Glory to God. So if you're not planning well, if you're not knowing what to do, if the screen will send you out, you are in trouble. So I'm not just talking to some old papas, I'm talking to everybody. You have to study, you have to plan even while you are in school to know that you will definitely leave school. You have to eat somewhere in the street. Are you there with me? You must understand, we are not here to raise people Spiritual nicompos. No, 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 no. This is a place for kingdom diplomats, ambassadors, who take the message and the life of God into the world. Are you there with me? So don't think you always remain a child. No. Neither you think you always remain a baby and just signing check every day for some principals and the headmasters or whatever. No, it will end. The highest you can go is, what's the retirement age now? 36? Is it 36? 30 what? Okay, 35. 35, you are done. Hmm? Except you want to go and go to the courts and declare your age every day, becoming younger every day, but your face is showing you are old, but you are young in the papers. Come on, this is, it's not going to last. Something I caught up with you along the line. Amen? You declare your age to the point where you go to the classroom, you can't even see the black, but people will know you are old. Whether you like it or not, your body will show. But God is going to renew our youth. But not to play tricks, huh? Hallelujah. Okay, so, God will bless the works of the heart. I'm going to tell you to somebody. Maybe you must have something to do. You're a young man, man, get into something. Get into tailoring. Get. There are so many things you can do. God will bless it. Hallelujah. Moving from one house to the other, one prayer house to the other, looking for blessing, people lay hands on your head and Check your hair. Your head is getting bowed. And then 
Because Costa laying on had the heat. It's removing some hair from there. Serious. That is not going to take you anywhere. It's deception, man. God will bless the works of your hands. Hallelujah. Come on, stretch your hand and say, God is going to bless the work of my hands. I believe it. It shall come to pass. I have a job. Even though I don't see it now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. God will bless the works of your hands. You have a job. You may not be seeing it, but you have a job. Praise the Lord. Because when God created Abraham, he said, Come on now, I'm going to give you. You tend the garden. Take care of the garden. That's a job. The first day he created man, he gave him a job. Therefore, you can't live without a job. Are we still together? Praise the Lord. I like that. This thing I've been cooking for the past two weeks. What I'm sharing with you now. Okay, number two. You like to see number two? You still find it in the same place. Is that okay? Right. Look at that. They call that storehouse. Eh? Hallelujah. Let, 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 let me even say something here. You see, when he said, I'll bless the works of the hand, if you read the whole story together, you find it was actually a place where they all come together rejoicing. Rejoicing. Okay, now, in the Jewish setting, sorry, I say this. Somebody asked me a question recently. I said, um, yeah, my second son is getting set to marry. So why do you like to do that? I said, in the Jewish setting, there are three things that the father can do for a child. Get the child a wife, get him a, a job, get him accommodation or tools, which is a trade. And like, like Paul, got a wife, got a trade. Huh? Three things you give to your child. For every father, that is a responsibility. I say, when it comes to that, I'm a Jewish man. So that's the next thing to be done. <laughs> okay, now let me show you something here. You see, in the Jewish culture, when there is a national festival where all the gathering come together because God has blessed them, because number one, they have to be a rejoicing, a collective rejoicing. You don't get married at that season. Why? They don't want your personal joy to interfere with the national joy. Oh my God, I like that. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So what am I saying? It simply means God intends his community to be prosperous and rejoicing people. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm looking for a church where everybody comes here smiling. Now some person's face down, the other one's up because financial equality is manifesting. I don't want that. I want a community where the joy overflows. Everybody's rejoicing. We are rejoicing because everybody has money. That's what I'm telling you about. So in Israel, when this festival is going on, when he has blessed the works of the hand, because everybody has a portion. Is that okay? And then they harvest all the food together and they come, everybody's rejoicing. Man, that's easy. You don't get married. Because your personal joy will interfere with the collective joy. <laughs> Hallelujah! So, what am I saying? I believe in a collective joy. I believe in everybody being happy when you come to service. Not only when you come to service, but simply identify with KDC. Even in your home, you are happy. Because something is flowing in your life. Money is there for you to make use of. Man, you are not going to be a borrower all the days of your life. Come on. Somebody has to be a lender if need be. Man, I'm talking about you lending without interest. Because interest won't do you anything. You have so much that the interest you collect does nothing to your life. Somebody said, Pastor, you're saying this, but I don't have... You have hope. 
I say you have hope. Hallelujah. Listen, Jacob had no hope when he was running from his brother. He was just lost. I don't know, I don't know. Until he caught up with the angel and he wrestled. And God said, from today, you're going to... He said, if you can do this, I will pay. He said, God, I've already said it before you made your vow of tithing. I'm going to bless you. Because the blessing has already been pronounced by your father. Hallelujah. He landed on Abraham. He landed on Isaac. Isaac transferred it to Jacob. So Jacob had no option than to be a prosperous man. Because the blessing was commanded upon his life by Isaac. So it was not necessarily the wrestling. It was genetic. Are you see that with me? And you can see why he has to multiply the business of Laban. Because something was flowing in his system. I see your business rising. Hallelujah! I see something happening in your business. Because not just minor ideas, not just natural ideas, but supernatural ideas. That will make your business to move from the level A to another level. I want a rejoicing community. And all of you are going to be here to rejoice. Amen? Praise the living God. Okay, can we go to the second, second point? Because it's something. So God wants a rejoicing community. He wants a community that is glad because they are prosperous. As he blesses the one. And the second thing is, he's going to bless your storehouse. What is your storehouse? Look at it. The Lord shall command a blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. And in all that thou settest thy hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Your storehouse is your bank account. Your savings. Hallelujah. Come on, are you there with me? What is your storehouse? Your bank account. My question is, do you have a savings? <laughs> These are the things God wants to bless. Are you there with me? He will bless your work. And he will bless your what? Your storehouse. He who does not know how to save, excludes himself from the blessings of God. Write it down. Hallelujah. He who does not know how and learn how to save excludes himself from the blessings of God. That is your storehouse. I'm going to read other scriptures to tell you how this storehouse thing works. God wants you to have a servant. No matter how small. He commands blessing upon their servants. And I'll show you how powerful the trick is. But you see, some of you can't ever save. Not because you don't have money. But you see, you buy more than you earn. That's your problem. Voracious buying. Impulsive purchasing. Amen? Some of you should, should guide yourself never to go to the boutiques. If it is possible... Let either your tailor or your friend go shop for you. Because you may have the intention of going to buy one piece of material, you end up going to buy three. Two you don't pay for. I will bring the money. It's your currency. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? You, anytime, listen to me. Some of you purchase in such a, in such a way that Every new month, if you don't have one new material, you are sick. You are just excluding yourself 
from the blessings of God. Somebody hearing me? Voracious purchasing. Crazy buying. Even it has no relevance for you at that moment. You still want to have it. Maybe because somebody else have it, you want to have it. For every occasion, you want to have a new material. No, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Praise the living God. You know, there are some stuff up to two now, which I have. Sometimes I just think, I say, God, well, why? Fair. It's okay. But you see, any material that I can't use any time freely, I don't really go for it. That's why you see the way I pattern my dresses. Because what's the use having a material that by the time you finish using it, on that occasion, you can't have any other occasion for it. It will just be there in the box. Does it make sense? Very expensive. Does it make sense? What you buy to put on, now you can't use it because the occasion for it is not available. You just stuck that money there. Doesn't make sense. God will bless your storehouse. Help me tell your neighbor, God is interested in your storehouse and he wants to bless it. Hallelujah. You need to go open an account, no matter how small. Put in something there. Don't ever let your account run into the red. No matter how bad. Don't ever allow your account to run into the red. No. At least leave something there. Because God will command a blessing on what? Your storehouse. Your storehouse. You know, some people, you can determine where their money is. It's either in their fridge or in their body. Fridge, which is stomach. Their stomach will become their God. Their money can only be found in their stomach, which finally, you see, you see, the problem is this. You get all the money into your stomach, and then you get them all into the waste, and then you pay for people to come and pack it again. Is that not the way it works? Because the more you load here, the more you are trying to invite the people to come and suck the stuff away pit. So all the money we're supposed to save, you eat them, you drum them there, you go and invite people to come and pack it again. And there's a man in Lagos that is so rich now. They call it shit money. They started this evacuating of excrement in Lagos. From the pole to the soccer weapon, the man is heavily in cash. And he name his business shit money. So it is your shit that gave me this money. So you keep on, go there and I get more money from you. Because the more you dump there, the more you pay him. Shit money. So you find that some of the things that seems to be a waste, that is where you can make your money from. All you need is ideas. God wants to bless your storehouse. Therefore you must have one. Because if there is no storehouse, he has nothing to bless. Am I communicating? Hallelujah. Okay, let me show you something. Personally, I love this. It makes me feel there's nothing that will ever happen that at least. Even if it is 5,000, I must have something in my storehouse. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Let there be something. Listen, I'm not talking of saving for the rainy day. I'm talking of saving so that God can have something to bless. Amen? You may save for the rainy day. That is not my concept. 
Because if there are need, I need to meet the need. It could not be my personal need, but it could be other people that have need. I can't keep money in the account when somebody is suffering. And I'm saying for rainy day. I don't have that kind of spirit. That's not what I'm talking about. I believe God meet my need. Amen? Talk with me to Leviticus. I'm reading from Living Bible here. Living Bible, Leviticus 25. Let me show you the principle of the storehouse so that you can see what it means. Leviticus 25, I'm reading 17 to 23. Somebody is coming up to go open an account now. Am I sure? Hallelujah! If you don't have one before, we'll finish now. Walk into one of those banks, sign up, open an account, no matter how small, put in some money. Okay? Are you there with me? If you need a referee, come to me, I'll sign for you. You have to have a storehouse. <laughs> okay. Leviticus 25, 17 to 23. He said, you must fear your God and not overcharge in terms of loaning and buying properties, whatever. For I'm Jehovah. Obey my laws if you want to live safely in the land. Verse 19. When you obey the land, we yield bumper crops and you can eat your field in safety. 20. But if we ask, what shall we eat the seventh year? Since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year. The answer is, I will bless you with bumper harvest the sixth year. That will last you until the crops of the eighth year and harvested. And remember, the land is mine. So, you may not sell it permanently. You are merely my tenants and sharecroppers. The same thing. Your business belongs to God. Some of you don't know. But I want you to see this. God is saying, Hallelujah. You, you, leave me Bible. Can we get the living Bible? God is saying, There comes a time. Now, you see, what I'm trying to make you see is God will so bless you that you need to have rest. Now, it comes to the place where it's like saying, Your money is working for you, you have rest to your physical self which is like a Sabbath rest, and yet you will not lack. There is still going to be an increase. Amen? Yeah, God is saying, on the Sabbath, which is the seventh year, don't farm the land. And they said, because remember I said, I'm going to bless the works of your hand. Is that okay? Are you there with me? I'm going to bless your business. Alright. So he said, he said, what about the seventh year? You said, seventh year is a Sabbath year. We don't have to farm. What shall we eat? On the eighth year. And God said, hey, listen to me. I am going to make it in such a way that the sixth year they are going to stop work. You work on the sixth year. I will so multiply what you have best on the sixth year. That the seventh year without you planting. On the eighth year of your life. You still have enough to eat. Until you harvest at the end of the eighth year. When God touches your account. Your money shall be saved. Do you understand that? <laughs> That is why you need a storehouse. For him to command the blessing upon. So there have to be an increase. Now, what, how does this work? Remember, the land is mine. You are just sharecroppers. It is God that gives us the power to get what? When you obey my command. You don't get what he said there? I will cause the multiplication. By implication, as you walk in obedience to simple tithing and tithing principles, what does he do? He sees to it that nothing makes you to spend carelessly so that your account continues to increase. Do you understand this? So it's not a matter of struggling. You see, you can earn little and live well joyfully. Think about it this way. If you are earning 
30,000. And you don't have callous expenses that are taking away your money. And you can keep yourself with even 20. You can be saving 10 every month. Am I right? Now think about what happens. If nothing happens for you to go and pick from that 20 you are saving, think about how many months that will be. It will be running into some good amount of money. God has a way of preserving that which you have when it comes to your storehouse. In other words, God will bless your store in such a way that you are going to make unnecessary withdrawals. Because there is a time when the ATM begins to talk to you. The ATM. Have you ever, are, you, are you getting that? When the ATM is insufficient money. Insufficient money. Error. <laughs> you put in your ATM say error. What is happening? Your account is in the red. Insufficient money. Error. Eh? Or, or the bank is not responding. How can the bank respond when there's nothing there? So that you have an ATM doesn't mean you only deliver. Hallelujah. For ATM to work for you, there have to be money in the account. Are you sitting there with me? So unnecessary withdrawals, God will blot it out of your life. Because he wants to bless that store of your house. I will bless your storehouse. That's what he's saying. Okay, one more scripture. I think we should be done with this. Just move down to the next chapter, which is Leviticus 26. Living Bible again. Living Bible, Leviticus 26. I'm reading it from verse 1. Leviticus 26 from verse 1. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to show you. Okay, I'll give you an example of this, man. Leviticus 26, the living Bible. I'm reading verse 1. You must have no idols. You must never worship carved images, obelisks, or shaped stones, for I'm the Lord your God. You must obey my Sabbath laws of rest and reverence my temple, for I am the Lord. Two things he gave them. Sabbath rest and my temple fellowship worship okay if you obey all of my commands i will give you regular rains hallelujah and the land will yield bumper crops and the trees will be loaded with fruit long after the normal time my goodness and grapes will still be ripening when sowing time comes again Oh my God. Grape will still be ripening when sowing time comes again. In other words, before the end of the month, your money is still intact. Your new salary is coming in. You have not spent the old one yet. Grapes will still be ripening. You still going to the bank when salary has not been paid. How glory to God. Because there's going to be regular rain. Regular streams of income. Regular source of money. Is that okay? That's why you need ideas. You can't just depend only on your salary. When you say regular rain, that means there's going to be a regular source of supply. God will cause your business to blow them in such a way that you continue going to the bank and not withdrawing. You are going to deposit. What did he say here? He said, listen to me. Even when it is not when it is not yet time, or when it is time to harvest, or not time to harvest, you find that the grapes are still what ripening. There is still going to be money for you to deposit. When others are running into famine, running into debt, you are running to the bank. A lot is coming. Twenty thousand deposited, ten thousand deposited. You see, have you noticed something? When a lot rings, how do you feel? When it rains, you can bank it with first bank. As first bank says, something has happened again. Hallelujah. Are you there with me, somebody? 
That is the way it's going to be with you. Hallelujah. Your account will not read debited, but what? Credited. I mean, that's what the Lord is telling us here. We want to see CR, not DB, not CR credited, not debited. That's what we want to see. And the Bible says, even when it is not yet time for salary, there is still credit coming in. Because there is some other source by which money comes into your account. Are you there with me? I want somebody to be happy. God wants you to be happy. You know, when your account is on, your blood runs good. No blood pressure. Hallelujah. One of the ways to avoid blood pressure is to have some good money in your account. I believe that too. Because your thoughts are synchronized. Except you are thinking of what to do with the money and you are getting crazy. But if you know who God is, you don't have to get crazy with your money. Because there are enough avenues for you to spend your money on in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? So grab will still be ripening when sowing time comes again. And he said, you will eat or you shall eat your field and live safely in the land. I like that. In other words, your money won't bring problem to you. Neither will problem come to you because you are using your money. I will chase away the dangerous animals. Oh my God, devour us. You will chase your enemies. They will die beneath your, your sword. Five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you ten thousand. You shall defeat all of your enemies. Now there's number nine. I will look after you. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. I multiply you. And fulfill my covenant with you. Amen. I like verse 10. You will have such a surplus crops. That you won't know what to do with them. Where the new harvest is ready. Oh my God. Now you are thinking of what can I invest my money on? Big you have surplus crops. Even after harvest, you don't know what to do now. You're not asking, what do I do with these surplus crops? How can I? So we're talking of people who come into work and come to the place and say, God, show me where to invest money. Not in terms of invest to get now, but where to spend it. Hallelujah. You have such a surplus crops that you wouldn't know what to do with them. And when the new harvest is what? It's ready. In other words, your account is intact. And another salary is what? Is coming in. Because I'm going to deal with the enemies, the devourers. Are you there with me? All the things that make you spend callously, I'm going to take care of them. So there is going to be enough in the account. And not that. Months are just ended. Salary are being paid. You are coming again to the account to beef up your account. It's like topping up. Hmm? So every month you top up your account. It is time for you to top up. You're not going to be topping up your phone with MTN and Glow. You're going to be topping your account with cash. Surplus. Not deficit. Surplus. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Let's have enough in reserve. Surplus. And the Bible says, I will live among you and not despise you. Now, somebody said, this is Old Testament. Do you know, I can show you where Paul was referring to this. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16. What he was referring to what I'm talking about now. He quoted from Leviticus. I'm not talking about Old Testament things. I'm talking about things that God operates with. Second Corinthians, if you like, 6 verse 16 and 17. You read it, you're going to see what I'm saying. I will live with them. I will walk with them. I'll be among you. I will not forsake you. One of the things that shows that God is among us, when we live in joy and there is enough for us to enjoy in life, 
is the evidence of God being with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the living God. Say, for I am your Lord, your God who brought you up so that you will be slaves no longer. No slave to money, no slave to anything, no slave to any power. I have broken your chains so that you can walk with dignity. Glory to God. I have broken the chains of poverty. I have broken the chains of oppression. I have broken the chains of the enemy. That you walk in dignity. Walking as powerful in the street and everybody looking at you. There she goes again. There she comes again. No. I didn't get you out of here to be slave to anybody. Amen. When your rent is due, you are going to pay. Come on. For those of us who are still in rented apartment, men, no landlord will arouse you. If need be paid before the year ends. Praise the Lord. Pay the money before the year ends. I want my cousin. Does he pay when the year ends? He pay as the year is coming in. Now he's paying for 2013 this year. He's not paying the year that they ended. He's paying for 2013. I think that's the best way to be a tenant. So let the landlord know that you are alive. Oh yes, pay ahead of time. I'm talking to somebody. Not when months end, year has ended, and everybody is by your gate banging doors. No, just tell the landlord. What you want an increase? I want an increase. How much increase? Are you adding? Okay, I'm paying you for the next year. Pay ahead of time. Let him come close to your gate. You need to be using a lawyer. I don't even see his face. You don't need any discussion. What discussion do you have with him? What he needed from you is his friend. Now you are paying ahead of time. Huh? Everybody, all that company we're staying. We left six months for the person. Six months, take. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Don't need to go to court and say, give me six months. If you don't give me to six months, you're going to die. Pay ahead of time. You are coming to that. Somebody said that you want me to continue to be a tenant. That's not what I'm saying. Before you finish your own, prove to them you're serving a living God. Because you'll surely get your own. He said you will not be in bondage. If you're a tenant, you're in bondage. Praise the Lord. Now, let me give you the example of a man that experienced this in Israel. And then we'll close for today. Second Kings chapter 19. Somebody is going to live above death. Don't want to see accounts that are in the red. No. You know, there are some visas you apply for that say you want to see your statement of account. And there's a level it comes to say this one not approved. When your account begins to disqualify you for getting visa, that is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> there's a minimum a minimum amount that can be there before your visa comes through even if you have all the qualification so your account cannot qualify you to get this visa God will not allow that to happen to us that is why he wants your account never to be in the red are you getting what I'm talking about multiple streams of money will come in it huh? look at what he said he said before the harvest time the grave will still be writing hallelujah so when you print out your statement of account even the embassy will shake and quake they won't think twice. You are qualified. Take your visa and go. 
You are not going to be a problem in my community. Why they don't allow you with that? Because they think if you go there, you may be probably causing a nuisance. But that is not going to be for children of God. Am I talking to someone here? Man, come on. God is upgrading your life. That's what I'm telling you. Don't live by the grace of God. He has done all things well and perfectly well. Amen? Now, God is speaking to Hezekiah here. But the first thing you're going to read about this story, if you read it from um, verse 25, you see, it's actually the boasting of Hezekiah. I mean, uh, uh, the king of Assyria. Sennacherib. He was boasting, hey, I've destroyed nations, I've destroyed kingdoms, I've destroyed this, I've destroyed that. And he was speaking now to Hezekiah, listen to me, I'm going to bring you down like I did to other nations. It was just a boasting. And God was saying, man, this is Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, didn't know that I made him to have the success over those people because the fact that have a relationship and they don't have confidence in me, they trust in their God, so I allow you to do that. But now they were boasting. Uh, against the children of Israel with King Hezekiah and he was not trying to say I will so level the place that there will be famine there will be, in fact you're not going to survive Sinatra was coming to bring poverty extreme poverty and hunger to the people of Israel are you there with me? I'm just giving the background because we don't have time to read all of that but here is what God said to King Hezekiah verse 29 and this shall be a sign unto thee. Because there's a guy right unto God. Say God, listen. Can you hear Sinatra boasting? Can you see what Sinatra have done? And here is what he told Hezekiah. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall eat this year. Such things as grow of themselves. No, not the ones you planted. And in the second year, that which springs of the same. And in the third year, so ye and reap. And plant vineyard and eat the fruits thereof. In order for two good seasons, he's saying, no matter what the enemy does, you're still going to survive. <laughs> Praise the living God. You're still going to survive. I will cause crops, I will cause business to spring forth the way you least expected. Listen to me. No enemy is going to stop your business from prospering. He said, if you obey what I'm telling you, I will cause things to happen that you don't even labor for. I will cause things to happen that you don't even work for. See what he's saying. You didn't plant this year, crops will spring forth. You didn't plant next year, you will still eat the same crops. In other words, there will still be reserved for you. Forget about what King Sennacherib is doing. Forget about what the enemy is doing. I'm promising you today, your business will never collapse. Because God is involved in it. This financial week will take you from one level to the other. You are owing debts, get ready to pay them off. In the name of Jesus Christ. Pastor, how can I do it? I don't know. If God can provide for King Hezekiah, well, living in so, God is going to cause you to pay off where you least expect it. Praise the living God. Amen. So this will be the sign, you know what, for you to know. That I'm behind you. This year, you may not plant, you're going to eat. Next year, you may not plant, you're still going to eat. Third year, you can start to plant. But for the past one, two, three years, when King Sinatra thinks he has finished with you, he will see that you are still surviving. So when the enemy thinks that your business is gone, when they think that you're already indebted, there's God going to spring a surprise upon your enemies, and resources will come to your hand, and your bank account will rise up again. 
Stand up and let's pray. Praise the living God. I see wealth coming into your hand as you walk in simple. I see God flowing through you as you walk in simple obedience. Thank you, Father. 